Hello. Hello. And welcome to Spill the Milk. I am Morgan. And I'm Hannah. And today we are excited to do another topic that kind of relates back to mm-hmm. the last topic we did, which was JFK. JFK. If you didn't listen, go listen. Please and do. Yeah. So it'll relate back. I'll let Hannah talk a little bit more about that. But um, as for updates, I wanted to bring up the Madeline. I already forgot how to say it. McCann. McCann. We literally (laughs) just went over like, Morgan, this is how you say it. (laughs) It's like the easiest last name, too. It's not like something hard. So I don't know why. It's okay. You can't be good at everything. That is true. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the Madeline McCann sitch. I mean, this is kind of i don't want to say it's old now but it's it was like end of last week it's not terribly yeah she the julia from poland that said she was madeline mccann and thought she was took the dna test right and it said like she was 100 percent polish therefore she bitch she she could not be the madeline mccann but what you gonna do i don't know yeah I was kind of disappointed, but I kind of saw that coming. But you at know, the same time, I still feel like there's something sketchy, though. But then I was reading an article that said people close to her were like, "I don't know where she got the idea that there's no pictures of her as a baby. Like <laughs> she has all of this well, stuff." Well, shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. They didn't name the person, though. They just said someone close to her, so... Oh. I don't know. I guess I didn't read that part. I just, like, got disappointed and then went, (laughs) all right, well, I don't care anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It just... I don't know why I just really wanted it to be her. I think we all did. I think you said that last time we talked about it. Yeah. Would have been nice. Um, But at the same time, I feel bad for the parents, because, like, at some point, you, like, kind of get hope, maybe. I feel like they've had some sort of hope this whole time. Yeah. And that's probably, like, a little... Even glimmer. if it's just hope for closure. Yeah. Like, right. to know it's what gone, happened. she's not suffering anymore, or yeah. whatever it is. Hmm. Well, it'd be interesting to know, like, if Julia had any like what really happened in that situation because i want to know like if somebody's saying she didn't or she did have baby pictures and all that i'd be interested like what she kind of like fabricated or what her situation was yeah um i also still think it was a very bold choice to (laughs) name her (laughs) name her instagram i am madeline mccann i feel like that was very Uh, direct it was very direct but yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, that that was kind of weird. She was that just seemed like, a little clickbaity. Yeah. Well, and the person representing her was like, I don't know, I wasn't a big fan of that lady. The Persian medium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She seemed a little out there. She did. Well, she's like hella famous. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. Never heard of her. And then. I realized, no, she's actually super famous and I don't, whatever, I don't get it. But whole situation, moral of this long tangent, it wasn't Madeline McCann. So maybe someday, I, 
that will be closed, but not I today. Was, I was going to say, I don't watch Dr. Phil, so I don't know. And then I, I didn't either, but then, I saw it. And then um, I was going to say, Morgan watched Over the Hedge for the first time last week. I did. Actually, I've seen it. I just don't you know, remember, remember I, it. I watched that like four times this week because it's on Netflix now. And I was at my parents' house this weekend for Easter and we turned it on just to like have background noise or whatever. So then we were starting to watch it and I was quoting like all of it. Of course you were. <laughs> so I know all of it. I've just watched it too many times. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. I'm going to say, say it. Just say it. Just say I am a dirtbag. That part was hilarious. I died laughing in the theater, Ooh. but. I say that all the time. I just. It was all right. I didn't like the animation. It kind of freaked me out. The people. Why? Were, what's up with how those people looked in that movie? I don't know if any of you have seen that movie. And I feel like we're going on a tangent here, but I'm sorry. Those were not normal looking people. It looked like Toy Story. Because it's about. One. It, it was. Okay. When did that movie come out? I don't know, but the entire time I was sitting next to my brother and we were both like, what the fuck? 2006. I was right. That was Steve Carell. Okay. Yeah, that is Steve Carell. You didn't know that? Well, I guessed it when I was watching it, but. I actually knew that. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, The only other, were you done with that? Sorry. Yeah, I'm done with that. The only other. The only other thing I was going to say is Morgan and I last week also watched both of the Matt Reif comedy specials. I think he's hilarious. Oh, God. So I also find him to be hilarious, but not as much as Hannah. <laughs> she I'm wins okay. That. She wins that award. It's okay. I think he's funny. Mm-hmm. He so if you, haven't, if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. It's yeah. like they're both like an hour long. So I thought the first one was better than the the second. Um, yeah. But however, still, still funny. Yes. So, yeah, I would agree. Highly recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. And that was all I had. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything else. I started reading. So that's exciting. Nothing too crazy there. Um. I finally, finally started Verity, so hopefully oh. I have that done by the end of the week, Morgan. Oh, easily. You're going to love that book. Oh, I hope so. I've heard so many good things about it. I know. I hope I'm not talking it up too much, but it is phenomenal. <laughs> oh. I, book. I feel like I've heard almost as many good things about this as I have about It Ends don't, With Us. Don't. I knew you were going to say it. And I. I, I so don't know. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, I think my mistake, because I hate, if you don't know this, everyone, I hate It Ends With Us. I was like, that was the stupidest book. I get it. I shouldn't say that. It. I get the story. I get it. That's great. However, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm only laughing because we literally had this conversation for like 40 minutes one day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, I was saying to somebody, I think what ended up happening is I started with Verity. Yeah. And it was so damn good to me Mm -hmm. that I went to it ends with us and was like, oh, this is a completely different book. Like you would have told me they were different authors. I would have been like, oh, yeah, 
they're different authors. So I think that's what happened, and that's why I don't like it ends with us. But whatever, here we are. It's going to get made into a movie, and I'm going to go, well, don't you all know it's overrated? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to hear it again. So <laughs> anyways. Oh, well. That was it. Okay. Sorry, Hannah. Take it away. No, you're good. Um, so my topic was suggested by my cousin Brooke. Shout out, Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um she suggested that we segue from JFK to Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn, happy birthday. <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> oh my God. You know how many times I listened to that when I was listening to podcasts and like documentaries and stuff? I've never actually seen it, but I quite. <gasps> I can't believe that was like the best they could do. It it seemed very cringy. Like she was trying to be overly sexy. She and was. it was it was so cringy. Happy birthday. And everybody's like, It's not even like that. It's so much more paused and like breathy because they're having an affair morgan don't ruin it everybody knew that (laughs) everybody knew that i don't know maybe not but anyways did you know (laughs) i'm just gonna start there we go did you know that she was actually not born marilyn monroe she Um, was born norma jean mortensen oh god Every time I heard Norma Jean, I was like, why, where, where, where have I heard that name before? I think that was the stepmom in Reba, wasn't it? Oh, fuck. I didn't watch Reba. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Single mom works too hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Loves the kids and never stops. Uh, I loved no, that show. I did not watch Reba, and I don't know Normandy. That makes me think of the Seven Husbands. Wait, no, that's Bar. Is it Barbara Jean? I think it's Barbara Jean. Whatever. Anyways, but the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which Morgan and I both also read, um, that was I think loosely based on Marilyn Monroe. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense because I was like that, like. Yeah, I think the it was name supposed to be yeah. The many, 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 many affairs <laughs> of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> that sounds better. I would agree <laughs> with like seven manys. Yeah, seriously. Okay, Ugh. well, she was born Norma Jean Mortensen, June first, nineteen twenty-six. Uh, she was given the last name of her mother's husband, even though they hadn't been together for like years before that, I guess. Oh. She does not know who her dad is. And nice. this like haunts her for her whole life because she wants to know who her dad is like really super bad. Mm. Um, She does later change her name or her last name to Baker because her mom remarried, I believe. But her mom, Gladys, um, she couldn't work and care for her daughter at the same time. So she placed her daughter with um, other people during the week while she was working in L.A. And then she came back to visit her on the weekends. Hmm. That seems like very like that time period, though. Yeah, I don't know where my kid is, but. I'm not judging, but, like, also, it's sad. It is. Oh, it's super sad. 
I don't know. That's just so the times, you know, of that time. I feel like it almost wasn't, though, because she was a single mom. That was not super common. She was working woman in the 20s. And she was not, she, like, didn't care for her kids. Um, Marilyn said that, well, when she's Marilyn, whatever, she Mm. says that her mom never really held her or hugged her or really talked to her except to tell her to be quiet, pretty much. Oh. So she didn't ever really get, like, affection, like, coddled or affection, yeah, in her life. So... I think for, like, the times, if you were a single mother. But I feel like that's so uncommon, though. Maybe. I don't. I guess. Yeah. You're right. You were, like, considered a brave woman. (laughs) Maybe that. I feel like you were considered. Shunned? Yeah. Like a bad woman. I I wasn't born then. I don't know. It just seems very of the times to be like, I don't. I got to work. My kid, I don't know where the fuck it is. (laughs) I feel like if you said that about like the 70s, I'd be like, yes, because you hear about like latchkey kids all the time. And like, I feel like that's the 70s. I feel like in the 20s, you still very much had a woman at home. Like women Mm. were just starting to work. Okay. okay. From what I know. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't there either. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Okay, so then now we're in like 1933. This is the beginning of the Great Depression. Gladys buys a house, like a really small house in Hollywood, and she brings Norma to stay with her. So Norma's like seven years old at this point, but come to find out she still can't afford this. So (laughs) she ends up renting out the upstairs of her house. Um, And unfortunately, when Norma was like eight, she said that she was molested by one of the people that were renting the upstairs. She never Ugh. did name who it was, but she told her mother and she pretty much said, we can't afford this house without the renters, so we can't do anything. Oh, my God. I kind of felt like I saw that coming when you. Yeah, Ugh, that makes me feel sick. I don't mm-hmm. like Sad to be in like a position that that has to be the answer Mm -hmm. and it's so disgusting that the mom didn't stick up for her kid though Mm -hmm. um she did end up developing a stutter and Mm -hmm. um her mom was eventually diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia she's taken to a mental hospital and she ends up going in and out of this hospital for the rest of her life um But I guess that's kind of hereditary because her father, so Marilyn's grandfather, had committed suicide years earlier than that. And her grandmother had died in a mental hospital while being treated for psychosis. Mm. So I guess that kind of, not that exact thing, but like mental health problems ran in their family. Ran throughout the family, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So... Now, since her mother's in a mental hospital, um, Norma Jean then became pretty much a ward of the state. So she, I don't know how she ended up with her mother's friend, unless she was already like a foster parent or they're like, you don't have family, so we'll put you with her friend. I don't know how that would work because now I feel like if you're not like blood, 
you're going into the foster system. Yeah, and that might just be the the times. Here I go again. Yeah, <laughs> that makes more sense. Maybe of the times because like, yeah, that I could see. Process probably wasn't, or checks or background checks probably yeah. weren't the thing. So yeah, mm. but That's weird. I'm. I mean, it probably wasn't a horrible thing because it seems like this lady was trying to do what was best for her. Yeah. But she stayed with her mom's friend for about a year, but she ended up losing her job in 1935. So um, Norma was then sent to the Los Angeles Orphans Home. How do you, how do you, what? I don't know. I'm just like amazed by this whole thing because I feel like she's just bouncing around all over the place. She is. And that's part of this like super sad part about her life is that she never really had a family. Even though families are receiving like a stipend for taking in foster children, most people still couldn't afford another child for more than probably a couple months. So like you were saying, she's bouncing around. She was moving around in different orphanages and foster homes. And throughout this time and throughout her entire life, she ended up having night terrors and um, she did have problems or trouble making friends because they knew she was an orphan so um and then eventually her mother's friend grace the one who originally had taken her in was able to get her back in 1940 so this is like seven years later damn um but in 1942 Grace's husband ended up getting a job in West Virginia, I think they said, and California laws do not allow foster children to cross state lines. So at this point, she's 16 years old, so she has two choices. Do you want to take a guess? My guess is she can either go off by her own or join the military. You're kind of close. So she could either go back to an orphanage until she's 18, or she can go get married at 16 and be considered an adult. Oh. Does that make sense, right? Yeah, that totally makes I feel like mine kind of made more sense, and that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was just the times. It was the times. So she ends up not graduating high school and she does find someone to marry. So I'm going to kind of shift into her career and her mental health and like leading up to how she becomes famous and the early parts of that. Mm -hmm. So in 1942, she marries her next door neighbor and he also works in the same factory as her, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's 16. He is 21. His name is Jim. Again, of the times. Um, So later on, when he's asked to, like, recall Marilyn, he says that she always kept the house clean and she was a great cook. That That was all he had to say about her. I mean, for the times, that was... (laughs) impeccable <laughs> you're married to marilyn monroe and yeah, that's, that's kind what of you like say <laughs> it's kind of wild but that's all he remembers i don't it makes me wonder like what this guy was up to was he around 
<laughs> weird yeah i don't know um <laughs> but they ended up living together and being well i think they're married for longer than this but they lived together for two years and then he was drafted for the war oh so then she got a job at a munitions factory um where she was actually discovered and started modeling in 1944. Interesting. Someone was there taking pictures to put in a magazine of like all these women working in the factory and be like, this is the model of a great American woman. Um, And they said that she looked totally out of place. Like she should not be working on a factory floor. Hmm. So... Um, she then got um, an agent who advised her to straighten and bleach her curly brown hair. Oh. And the next year, she was on the cover of 33 magazines. Holy crap. That was fast, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh. she became a popular photographer's model. And in 1946, she signed a short-term contract with 20th Century Fox. And this is where she gets her screen name. So uh, she got to choose her last name. And I guess that was her mother's maiden name. And then somebody somebody else at 20th Century Fox chose the first name Marilyn. So So that's that's a stage name, though. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, that is. It's just an interesting choice. Yeah, Marilyn. It just sounds Hollywood. Doesn't it? It does. It does. Very Hollywood. (laughs) So they then signed her for a six-month contract, but she's doing, like, small roles at this point. She's not, like, starring in anything. Um, But she and her husband, Jim, divorced soon after World War II in 1946. Uh, he he did not like her lifestyle and claimed that it was ruining their home life, even though he was like still uh, like oh wait see I was gonna so say she, uh... yeah so she filed for divorce. Um, the man the man says she's a great cook, but <laughs> yeah, she's not home to cook for me anymore, so I just mm-hmm. can't do it. <laughs> I'm I'm in the ocean for six I'm months not even at a there. time. Yeah, I'm not even there and I'm pissed off. <laughs> huh. Um, So then she started taking classes because, like we said before, she was super shy and apparently she's got stage fright. So, but I guess once she started getting into these classes, she loved it and she was really good at it. But I feel like that is not something I would have guessed about her. No, and I... I've actually never seen a Marilyn Monroe movie. I've never watched a full movie either. Um, hmm. I mean, I've seen like all kinds of pictures of her, but I've never watched a full movie of her. Me either. I I guess I think the media did such a good job of paint or like portraying her as like the ditzy like blonde that I just literally assume. I literally just assume that is what she is and that's terrible which she hated and i'll talk about it in a second but um so okay so after she's in a couple movies um for fox and i think columbia studios she ends up not having a job anymore and she starts modeling again 
so she does a nude calendar. Um, and this actually gets her tons of attention. And she starts getting smaller roles. So she gets picked up by... I don't know if this is like her agent or if this was just a friend that like started helping her. But Johnny Hyde, he's like the VP of William Morris Agency. He pays for her to get minor plastic surgery and also some kind of rhinoplasty, I think. That's where you get your nose done, right? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Kind of makes sense. It makes me think of rhino, which makes me think of horn makes me think of a nose <laughs> i do believe that's what a rhinoplasty is as you get your nose done i believe um it doesn't sound like she had crazy work done but like just to make her more like the perfect the perfect like hollywood actress um and then Okay, so then they say that their relationship becomes sexual. He leaves his marriage for her. Wow. And he's in love with her and proposes multiple times. <laughs> she states that she's that she loves him, but she's not in love with him. So she so he, says no every time. But he left his marriage already? Like he, was he like, left his it. wife. Well, he must really not have liked her because he not do that. All these know. men sound like morons. Like literally oh, every dude, sure. I, every dude I talk about in here, mind blown. I've never heard so many like sex driven dudes. Well, and part of me is like, okay, they probably just think like, I'm a top executive or whatever. Not even if that's not the case for some of these guys. They're a man versus a woman during that time. So they're like, you will marry me. Except she's she kind of gets bit because uh she doesn't do that. Exactly. Well, (laughs) I mean, eventually she does, but like at at one point she doesn't and kind of pisses people off. But anyways, so she ends up getting like bigger roles now. So she still not starring roles, but like starts getting into her bigger roles and eventually her starring roles. So she's in All About Eve, Niagara, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and How to Marry a Millionaire. And Johnny was able to negotiate a new contract for her with, ton- uh, I don't know what that just was, with. <laughs> 20th century fox but okay okay, so then like literally days after he gets her this deal he dies oh my god so she's losing her shit like inconsolable like no one no one can do anything to help and this is the first time that she attempts suicide oh my god so her acting coach found her and immediately took her to the hospital. So, um, obviously, obviously she lived and she was fine and everything, but yeah. that was the first attempt. So, and there are going to be others. So, mm. wow, I did not know that. That's yeah, and I didn't realize how much of this story was like that so 
after this, she starts seeing as I'm I don't know what to call it because I heard some sources call this a psychiatrist some called it like her just a doctor some called it like a psychoanalyst I'm I'm not sure what this guy was or whatever but she starts seeing someone to help her with like her mental health but mental health wasn't like a huge thing then Mm -hmm. so there wasn't a ton that they could really help her with but she starts seeing someone at that point going to like therapy and stuff or like that the time frames version of therapy yeah um and she was inspired by um this playwright author arthur miller that she starts working with and many of the people that she met while filming her first movie with him and she just gets this big idea that she wants to be cultured and be seen as very intelligent she doesn't want to be seen as this dumb blonde anymore. Mm. Um, and many do describe her as being pretty smart, even though most of the roles that she takes are pretty much exclusively the dumb blonde bombshell kind of actress yeah, or character. But um, she was quoted um, as saying, I want to be an artist, not an erotic freak. So she very much knows like that is the typecast that she's given at this point. I was going to say it's like very typecast. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, it, it's working for her. Like it sounds bad to say, but like she knows how to use that and it's working for her. Right. I get what you're saying though. Like it's very much like, like she successful has successful for her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's using it to that. It, like yeah. that's almost smart in a, a different sense. Like, you know, knowing you're smart, but also being able to fool others to think like be that believable that you can be like that, you know? Yeah. Know, just to make money. Yeah. Um, in, in nineteen fifty-two, she stars in five films. And she's named the It Girl of the Year and also the Best Young Box Office Personality of the Year. Wow. So those are some bigger titles that she receives. And around this time, she does start seeing um, Joe DiMaggio, who does end up being her second husband. I think it's DiMaggio. I'm not a baseball fan, so I don't know. Joe DiMaggio. (laughs) But... (laughs) He's a famous baseball player, I guess. Um, I think he was already retired when she started dating him. I didn't know um, they dated. Well, they get married, so. I feel like I should have known that. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I'm just like kind of shocked by that little tidbit there, but all right. So obviously he's famous, but in a different way than she is, because obviously she's a big Hollywood star and he's like sports star. Mm-hmm. But he seems very reserved and he doesn't really like the spotlight. So I feel like that causes tension already. But Mm -hmm. when they got married, Marilyn tipped off the paparazzi like hours before they went to the courthouse. And that's all he did was go to the courthouse, send papers and stuff. But then he comes up with this idea like, oh, I have to go to Japan for some work stuff. So let's just go for our like air quotes honeymoon. And then she went to 
I don't know if he told her to do this or what, but she went to Korea by herself to sing to troops that were stationed there. What? So I think I heard something that someone asked him how his honeymoon was going and he said it was good. He just wished he saw her. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just also looked up a picture of Joe DiMaggio because I don't, I know who he is. I just didn't really know what he looked like. Interesting. Thoughts? (laughs) I mean, yeah. He's a a guy. He's a guy. He looks like a dude. (laughs) Yeah, just, it's kind of like when you compare the two, you're like, oh. Why? What happened there? <laughs> what do you see in him? Yeah, but I don't know. Here we are. Okay, so honeymoon, but not together. Great. Kind of, yeah. Good start to the marriage, but <laughs> even their marriage lasts less than one year. And during that time, do you want to guess how many affairs she had? Oh, Allegedly. God. Allegedly. <laughs> gotta be a i don't know uh pick a number any number 11 just sounds oh that's oh. really high oh shit three <laughs> four. Oh, okay well <laughs> but still they were they were married for less than a year yeah that is crazy four affairs yeah, oh. i don't even know the last time i freaking looked at a boy <laughs> <laughs> she is marilyn monroe so. <laughs> i know but still good god yeah, that is for the rest of us. That is crazy. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, but some of these might not have been like, I love this person. Maybe it was just like, all well, right. I highly doubt she was loving anyone. Yeah, that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, or Joe was, DiMaggio. She was loving, just not. Not Joey. <laughs> okay, so now this is back to sad. Because now she, at this time, she starts abusing prescription drugs and alcohol. And she's also experiencing insomnia and still continues to have those night terrors that she had as a kid. Mm-hmm. And her male coworkers are often like verbally abusive towards her. And apparently, this is like a very common addiction to have at the time is um, prescription drugs because they were so widely available. Hmm. Um, and she is getting sick of being typecast as the hot dumb blonde, like we said. And she wants to star in a serious dramatic film. Like that's what she wants. So she starts requesting different roles from 20th Century Fox And they pretty much tell her to shut up. So she asked again, and they eventually, I don't know if it was directly because of this or not, but they eventually end up suspending their contract with her. Oh, my God. So in 1955, she turns around and goes to New York, and she goes to a method acting school, and she opens Marilyn Monroe Productions. Mm. So at this point, uh, 20th Century Fox is like, shit, like, She's famous enough that people are going to follow work. her. Yeah. yeah. Like, people are going to follow her and, like, like what she does, no matter what it is. Yeah. She's that famous, so they kind of, like, beg her to come back. Um, cool. And um, 
Shortly after this, she ends up getting nominated for Golden Globe for Best Actress in 1956 for her movie Bus Stop. And she did win the Golden Globe for Some Like It Hot in 1959. And then this is where her marriage with Joe becomes super strained and like it wasn't before. But um, as she's getting more famous, he becomes more possessive. And um, this is where they end up getting divorced. Although they did stay really good friends for the rest of their lives. That's nice, at least, that it was like a civil. Yeah, he I think he really did care about her. So I don't know. Mm. That's that's nice. Joe. Joe. So now it's 1956 and she uh, I think this is where she marries Arthur Miller her third and final husband he is she had met him earlier he was one of the people that she was talking to that she wanted to sound really intelligent and cultured and all those things for so he's a famous playwright um and he His wife and children live in New York. Yep, I said wife and children live in New York. You did not even pick up on that, actually, when you said that. (laughs) Yep, yep. Holy shit. Yep. And he was actively being investigated for his communist sympathies. Mm. Um, So at this time, the FBI starts watching Monroe as well. Doesn't he just sound like a catch? This guy sounds like the time of your life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do like jump around a little bit in here. So I'm sorry if this gets a little bit confusing. But um, so they're not married yet. They just kind of start seeing each other. But she does eventually marry him. And around this time as well. And well, this is like 1954. It's mid 50s right now. So, around this time as well, some people are saying allegedly and some people say this is fact. I'm going with this as fact because I've heard this from, it was in the Netflix documentary and the Conspiracy Theories podcast. And um, those seem like the more reputable uh, sources. So, I'm going with this as fact that she starts seeing JFK around this time mm, okay who they all call they all call him jack mm. um but she was still married to dimaggio when she started seeing jfk and he was already a senator at that time and they actually went on a double date and kennedy was staring at her the whole time which totally pissed off both their spouses so I feel like can you imagine just can you imagine how awkward that would be? That's what I'm saying. Just the tension. No, <laughs> thank you. As JFK and Marilyn Monroe both are like falling in love. Great. <laughs> it just oh. whatever. And then she's often seen leaving the Carlisle Hotel where the Kennedys were known to have stayed when they came to town. But Marilyn knew. She's very smart, remember? She knew that a senator wouldn't leave his wife for a film star, but a writer might. So, 
Miller and Monroe get married because he left his wife and kids. Okay. And um, a lot of their friends said that he treated her kind of like a trophy wife. Fabulous. Like, he kind of didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And he stops wearing. Oh, no, that's why um, I mean that. I think, yeah. That... <laughs> We're past that point. Um, yeah. But like two months into their marriage, she sees his journal laying out. And pretty much he says that he doesn't know why he even married her. And she's so childish and like whiny and all this stuff. And uh, yeah. So this is the point here. He's two months into his marriage. Remember that he just left his wife and kids to marry her. And two months in, he's questioning why he did this. That would be... What do you even do with that information at that point? Do you get... I don't even know. I'd be so pissed. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah, but she also wanted to be with JFK, so I don't... Well, she still is with him through this whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know if she's so innocent here either. I know, but she's not writing in her diary about how she regrets marrying him. I guess. Whatever. I I don't know. Maybe she did. Yeah. So um, she does overdose a second time later that year. So that would be her second attempt then at suicide. So... They end up staying together for four years, and they finally do divorce in 1961 after they are done filming The Misfits, which is a movie that he pretty much wrote to star Marilyn, Um, but they were working together on that for so long that that, you know, stressed them out and strained their marriage even more, so then they were working together, too. So... So she found the diary and stayed with him. Yeah, for four years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a pretty yeah. long-ass chunk of time. She couldn't even make it work with Joe DiMaggio, who seemed like a good guy. I'm just going to say it. Um, I know you said he got possessive, but like... Yeah, but he. I think he got like overly possessive, like... I don't know. Well, I don't know. This guy is a communist. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying this guy's a winner because he's not. Yes. Boo. She's probably she's probably better off sticking with her first husband, but honestly, I forgot about that guy. Oh yeah. Yep. So now around this time, she gets a new again. I don't know if he's a psychiatrist or the source that. This one came from said that it was a psychoanalyst, but um, his name is Ralph Greenson. So he treated many of Marilyn's friends, including Frank Sinatra, who she also dated at one point. What? And this is also like mafia, like Frank Sinatra. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. He comes in here a lot. Uh, so, um, she did tell Greenson right away that, well, I don't think she did. One of her friends did, told Greenson that she was having an affair with JFK, who was just about to be running for president. So uh, Greenson was very open about telling her who, like, to more so like warning her, like, these guys are not good for your mental health. Like, 
they're not healthy for you and you need to pay attention to that. But he never did discourage her from seeing JFK. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but like, uh, I mean, I'm a big JFK fan, so I support that. I don't know if you will be, but fuck. (laughs) In July 1960, the Democratic National Convention was held in LA, and they ended up staying at um, JFK's brother-in-law's house. His name is Peter Lawford. Uh, along with his security team and two LAPD officers, which sounds like more security than he ever had when he was president, doesn't it? God, yeah. What the <laughs> hell was going on there? Did those guys show up for like the freaking parade thing they had that one day too. Oh, God, nice. Um, so they stayed at Peter Lawford's house. Uh, he was named the Democratic nominee, and then. Um, his affair with Marilyn was known within their like inner circles at this point, but they knew that if it became like public knowledge for like normal people, it would pretty much ruin his campaign. So they had to make sure that she stayed quiet and both the Kennedys and the mafia needed to make sure that happened because remember the mafia was pulling strings to, uh, Get JFK in there. So that would be like your Frank Sinatra and like Peter Lawford. Yeah. Like they're working to make sure she stays quiet too. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, after they pretty much tell her she has to stay quiet, she does um, overdose for the third time. Um. And she ends up spending a week in the hospital after this. And she was then released into the care of her doctor, Dr. Greenson, and a physician, Hyman Engelberg. I think that's his name. Um, Shortly after this, JFK wins the election. But remember, it was a really close election. Um, But now, since he doesn't have to worry about his candidacy, it I don't know what I just said. Canadissi. <laughs> he goes back to seeing Marilyn and they don't really care. And she just wears disguises. She'll wear like a black wig and like oh. big glasses and tells people that she is his secretary when people ask. What? So she's given a direct phone number to the White House and a code word to use when she calls the switchboard. Are you kidding? So that way she can talk to him at the White House. She's just allowed to do that. Yeah. Who the hell did he tell? Like, that's what I'm saying, man. There's Uh some shady shit going on there. This is all shade. All of it is shady. What the fuck? Okay. Well. So around this time, she moves back to L.A. because she was in New York that whole time. So she moves back to L.A. She buys a house near her psychiatrist, Dr. Greenson. Um, and she's like really close with the psychiatrist family. Like she starts knowing, like she goes to their house for dinner and she like gets kind of close with his kids and stuff. Like they want to make sure that she has like a, like kind of a family 
because he thinks that that's the reason she's having all these problems is because she doesn't have a family and she never really did. So she's kind of like acting out her childhood right now because she never really got to. Mm. So that's his theory behind it. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, so it's kind of not how you're supposed to do it, but no. that's, that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she starts seeing someone new. Do you want to? Do you want to guess who? This is this is still during her affair with JFK. She sees someone new. Well, I'm gonna guess Frank Sinatra because you have a wilder guess than that. Oh God. Um. No, I don't. I actually really don't. It's his brother, Bobby Kennedy. Are you kidding me? So she's sleeping with both of them at the same time. Well, is she sleeping with Bobby or is she just using Bobby to get to? Mm, It said that she liked JFK, but like Bobby was who she really like. She was all about him. Yeah, Mm. like that was who she really wanted. Okay, well, I guess whatever good for her (laughs) so she starts taking notes in like this little journal so she can read up on these events because remember she wants to sound smart and she's nervous that she doesn't sound smart enough to talk to these really important smart people so remember this journal later Mm -hmm. but she starts taking notes so she can read up on all this stuff like read up like what do these notes entail just like like current events and like things are that are going on and like at the White House and in the country and whatever so, else. Oh, like confidential conversations. Not not necessarily, but sh- this is like her diary almost. So okay, okay, kind of just recapping conversations they had and stuff like that. Okay. So, okay, so Doctor Greenson. It also suggests a housekeeper for Marilyn. So he suggests Eunice Murray. And unknown to Marilyn, she's also a trained psychiatric nurse. So I don't think this was like malicious at all because, like I said, he did care about Marilyn. So um, I think he just wanted to make sure that she was going to have someone watching out for her. Yeah, I don't like... Obviously, like, that's not the right way to go about things, but yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. He was trying. I, I know. I feel like I'd rather he do that than just be like, oh, yeah, go do Fine. whatever you want to do. Yeah. If you, here, have some more pills. Like, yeah. yeah so, I, I mean, I give him props for, like, trying to find something that would work for her. Yeah, agreed. But her friends do notice that Eunice is, like, kind of listening to their conversations, and sometimes she's hanging around a little bit too close, so they kind of suspect something, but Marilyn doesn't really, because she does trust her, and she trusts Dr. Greenson. So she ends up going on a vacation to Mexico City, and she ends up staying at Eunice's friend's house. But this only furthers her ties with communists because oh boy. <laughs> um, the guy that she stayed with 
um, was also being investigated for ties to communists. Oh, my God. I feel like she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> do you think or do you think it was intentional? I don't know. Now, well, now I don't know. <laughs> so while Marilyn Monroe was with this guy, his last name is Fields, um, FBI director J. Edgar Hoover schedules an urgent meeting with JFK. And it's just titled National Security Matters. So um, that's all happening. And although Bobby tries to get her to call this off, she refuses. And she still sings for JFK's birthday. And that's during the midst of all this. She's already sleeping with his brother. She's got the FBI and all kinds of different people looking into her for being a communist or being tied to communists. Yeah. Like she's not doing great mentally. And um, she, what else was I going to say? And, oh, um, she's been sick for work. So 20th Century Fox is pissed at her. Like, they tried to get her to cancel that, too, because she was already pushing off filming for being sick. Hmm. Do we know what she was sick with? Like, was that... She had, like, just... a sinusitis or something, like, uh, like an infection. Okay. Huh. But, yeah. So, then, after this, the number that JFK gave Marilyn to call the White House directly gets disconnected. And he doesn't it. say anything to her. He has Peter Lawford, his brother-in-law, tell Marilyn that he she can't talk to him anymore. It's so tough. It, yeah, that's shitty, but it's kind of tough because it's like, what do you do in that situation? Because mm-hmm. now they think she's like a communist, maybe. And he's known to have been seeing her. Yeah, he's the president, so it's not like... Yeah, that's tough because... Hmm. And, I get it. Okay. So Dr. Greenson is going to be out of the country for a little bit, and her publicist, Pat Newcomb, ends up staying with her um, for a couple days just to kind of keep her calm um, because of all the crap that just went on. So Marilyn already had her own sedatives, so Pat's, like, giving her sedatives um, to keep her calm. But also note here that Pat Newcomb, she's a very good friend of the Kennedys. So that could have been about that, too. So then she goes back to work on Monday, um, but she's kind of an emotional wreck, and she was on all those sedatives, so she wasn't really functioning. So she they go through, like, 10 bad takes, and then she's like, screw this, I'm out of here. So she goes home, and then the next day she goes to work, and she's doing perfectly. She works for nine days with no problems at all. Those are probably long days, too. Yeah. Um, And then she gets sick again, and she asks to take a leave, and Fox refuses because, like I said, they're super pissed about her messing up their schedule. And this is, like, the fourth time she's done something to change the schedule. Mm. So they fire her, and they sue her for $750,000 in damages. Holy shit. 
they start a schmear campaign. And the chairman of the board was a friend of the Kennedys. Oh, my God. And phone records show that Bobby had called Fox, like, right before all the shit went down. But he also did have a movie that was coming out with Fox, so it could have been about the movie that he was producing. But, um, yeah. So then Bobby and Marilyn end up making up. Bobby calls again. No one knows what their conversation was about. But after that, Marilyn ends up getting rehired because, you know, they can't find anyone to Marilyn freaking Monroe. Oh, so they can't find anyone to replace her. So they hire her back and they set up interviews with Life and Cosmo magazine to patch up her image that they just smeared (laughs) for the fun (laughs) of it. Idiots. So, (laughs) um, on July 13th, FBI gets another notice about Marilyn's communist ties because someone that knew both her and Fields, the guy that she was staying with in Mexico City, heard them talking about this lunch that she had with JFK and Bobby Kennedy where they're discussing atomic weapons testings. Oh, my God. So, Bobby does the logical thing he just disconnects his personal phone number um that that Marilyn has and he doesn't give her an explanation either (laughs) you want to guess who had to (laughs) that one guy yeah Peter Lawford they are so horrible to their brother-in-law god he's probably like I don't fucking want to tell her but he probably also like he knew so much stuff But she was so upset because she thought that she was more than a mistress to them. Like, she thought she was more important than that. And she said that Bobby had even promised to leave his wife for her. No, he did not. That makes me mad. I don't know why that makes me mad, but. Isn't that that horrible? That's really shitty. That's really Mm -hmm. shitty. Mm. So... Now we're in late July. She starts seeing Dr. Greenson and Dr. Engelberg multiple times per week each, and they're both prescribing her high doses of Nembutal, which is um, a barbiturate, which are not taken. They're not, like, prescribed anymore. Um, But that was, like, very much what was being prescribed at that point, and I feel like that was very common addiction that women at the time would have um but that is actually not prescribed anymore and it's mostly used as anesthesia um it's used for euthanasia and it's used for capital punishment so it's it's like lethal yeah holy shit okay so yeah don't don't that's why it's not prescribed anymore because yeah. it's lethal and if you mess up you're not Dead. Yeah, yeah you're not fixing it wow. so um at this point Marilyn becomes increasingly suspicious of new uh numerous things in her life uh she starts questioning her publicist pat newcomb she becomes suspicious of her housekeeper eunice murray and she tells her friends that she thinks her phones have been tapped Which sounds crazy, right? This could have just been signs of her paranoid schizophrenia because that's what her mom had, right? 
Yeah, but also, I don't know. Wrong. Yeah. Her phones were well, tapped. then. Yeah. Her phones were tapped. I you figured, wanna, actually. You want to know who by? The Kennedys. The FBI. Well, the yeah. The CIA. Totally. Just, I believe just, that. You want wait? <laughs> the FBI. The CIA. The Mafia. There's a labor union and possibly 20th Century Fox. Are you fucking kidding me? She asked this detective, Fred Otash, to install recording devices on her phone. But little did she know, he already did that for someone else. Oh my god. I. It's not funny, but it's like, wh- uh, why? How? Like... <laughs> No wonder she probably was going fucking crazy. Because you can like, especially back then, you could hear people tapping onto your phone. So she's probably like, what the fuck? Especially when there's like five of them. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Jeez. Ugh. So I ask, but why? Remember her journal? Oh my God, yes. In her journal, she had confidential information about... These are just, asked if there was confidential information. These are just some of the things that she had written. And I I told you, just wait. <laughs> these are just some of the things she has written in here. She has confidential information about the Bay of Pigs invasion. Okay. A plot to assassinate Fidel Castro. Oh, God. And the mafia's involvement with JFK's election. Oh, my God. She mentions giving the journal to the press. Because this. This, the Kennedy screwed her over. And obviously, the FBI, the CIA, the mafia, there's a labor union and potentially 20th Century Fox oh, all listening to this. Dear God. And they all know this is going to ruin the Kennedys and it would ruin the mafia. So they all have stuff to clean up here. Oh, my God. So... um. Although Sinatra um, and Lawford and one of Sinatra's other mafia boss friends uh, try to blackmail her into, like, like, stop talking about the journal, she calls multiple sources saying that she wants to give them all the information that she has. Um, And this phone call takes place on August 3rd, and she does threaten to have a press conference with that information oh my god so that was august 3rd what would i want to be like what were you thinking but like also like what were you thinking like this is (laughs) the yeah because uh you know what day she dies like the next day or the day she's supposed to august 4th 1962 of course so, now that we have that laid out there, we're going to go through the timeline. And I have these laid out as red flags because literally every single thing that I identify here as evidence will be directly uh, contradicted by something a different witness says or that person changing their story. Okay. Every single one of these. So, red flag number one. Around 5 p.m., Dr. Greenson came to the house um, 
because Eunice Murray was concerned about Marilyn requesting oxygen, which shouldn't have concerned her because this was a common hangover cure at the time. So Dr. Greenson, he goes and talks to Marilyn for about an hour in her room and then asked Pat Newcomb to leave the house because she was there as well. But Pat Newcomb states that she remembers Marilyn coming out to say goodbye. I'll see you tomorrow. Toodaloo. Oh. And Dr. Greenson says that Marilyn never left her room. Oh, okay. Red flag number two. That's that's just a mild one. Okay. I was going to say that. Okay, whatever. Doesn't seem crazy, but red flag number two. Dr. Greenson left around 7 p.m., asked Murray to stay the night there to keep an eye on her, okay? So mm-hmm. 7.30, um, her former stepson calls. He says that she seems in a great mood, nothing suggesting that she's depressed or on drugs or anything right now. Peter Lawford said that he received a phone call from Marilyn around 7.30 p.m. She sounded depressed, was slurring her words. She said, say goodbye to the president and say goodbye to yourself because you're a good guy. And then the line went silent, like she dropped the phone or like put the receiver down or whatever. And he Mm. tried to call her back, but the line was busy. Well, I don't Um, think I'm trusting this Peter guy very much. So many of her friends did say that she often like took her phone into a room and called in the middle of the night when she couldn't sleep. Mm. And Murray did corroborate that and say that she had made multiple other calls that night. So mm. that part is like adding up that she now she's on the phone because um, red flag number three is also about phone calls. Okay. So I think there's four or five different phone calls that I'm going to list right here. But so she receives a phone call around 8 or 9 p.m., She's talking with a friend who said she seemed totally normal, not depressed, and she's talking about plans for the future. Right. Okay. This this is one person. Now, second person, she calls her hairdresser around 9 p.m. who said she sounded extremely upset or frightened and said that Bobby Kennedy and Peter Lawford had been at her house that afternoon and had threatened her. Her hairdresser tried to calm her down and told her that they would talk about it in the morning. Hmm. Person number three, between 9 and 10 p.m., she called another friend who said she sounded frightened. She was slurring her work, or excuse me, she sounded frightened and tired, and she was not slurring her words. So that was. But Pete, okay, yep, okay, I'm following. Okay, that was number three. Now number four is saying around 10 p.m., Another friend who refused to say, like, what they were talking about said that Marilyn told him something that would one day shock the world. No one knows what that is, what that oh, means. Oh, great. But I don't know. <laughs> during that call, she puts the receiver down and does not come back to the phone. That was the last call? hmm That was around 10 p.m. Okay. Okay, and also, like, what's the hairdresser going to lie for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's just someone that she sees all the time, but... Right. Like, I kind of believe that hairdresser. I bet, but... Oh, I don't like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're moving on to red flag number four. Around midnight, 
Murray gets up to go to the bathroom and saw the light on underneath Marilyn's door. She knocked to see if she was still awake, but she did not receive a response. Um, she checked to see if the door was locked, and it was, so she called Dr. Greenson. So here's a problem with this. Murray's bedroom has a bathroom attached, so she doesn't need to go out of her room at all. Mm. And the new carpet that is in Marilyn's house was too thick to see the light under the door because you had to, like, push the door to get it closed so you can't see anything through it. Oh. And later, she changes her statement to say that she doesn't wake up until 3 a.m. Oh, well then. Hmm. Isn't Um, that just convenient? Yeah, isn't it? Dr. Greenson, when he gets there, he goes around the back of the house. He sees Marilyn clutching the phone unconscious. So he breaks the window and goes inside. And um, he, he does see that she's dead and um when he looks around he sees bottles of the nebutal that he had prescribed sitting in her room so now red flag number five around four fifty or excuse me 4 25 a.m there's a police officer his name is jack clemens he receives a call that marilyn monroe has committed suicide this is four hours after they say she died So, the call was from Dr. Engelberg, and the reason that they said this took so long was because Dr. Greenson told them that they needed to get permission from 20th Century Fox before they could call the police. Oh, come on. Yep, because they didn't want news of something bad to break out about her. What what were they going to do? Either way, what a bunch of assholes. Okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, that that was what... That was their excuse. That's what they said. What the fuck? So now, red flag number six. Sorry, I have a lot of these. So now there's four people there when Clemens arrives. So there's Murray. There's Murray's son-in-law, the handyman, whose name is Norman Jeffries. um, Dr. Engelberg, Dr. Greenson. And they say that Greenson's acting like super off. Not like you should in a situation like this, but he's, like, asking someone to, like, blame it on him, to, like, challenge him. Like, like, like you're saying, like, I gave her the medication, why blame it, blame it on me, like that, or, like, like, no, almost the opposite, like, like, he's getting defensive. Oh, so, like, I didn't give her that, or whatever, kind of like that. I don't know that there's like accusations going around. I think it's like, why did you wait four hours to call? Oh, like, okay. okay. That kind of makes sense. So, um, okay. So now, red flag number seven Clemens and his partner, I don't know what his name is say that the housekeeper her story sounds scripted because she's saying that she called her son-in-law the handyman to come clean up glass in the middle of the night from a crime scene not for what the fuck reason but yeah yeah, like okay so that's why he's there i guess all right but she like sounded like she was going through this in her head um red flag number eight her body 
Marilyn's body was perfectly straight and lying face down in the bed. So there was no vomit and there's no way she could have convulsed like that. Yeah, which would have been like super common. Yeah. Yes. And everyone, they asked everyone, everyone said that no one had touched her body. Um, and in her past attempts at suicide, the people that found her had stated that she had so much vomit that they were able to pull undigested pills like out of her mouth. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. So then because the cause of her death was an overdose, um, this causes more questions or brings up more questions because the amount of barbiturates in her body would have required her to consume 50 almost 50 sleeping pills and yet there was no water in her room and her room was locked to take those pills and there was no residue of those pills in her stomach or her mouth so like the yeah, that's weird. I don't what and she took fifty mm-hmm. please. And not one single one was partially left undigested. Yeah, there's no fucking way. Especially in that amount of time, please. Mm-hmm. So the officer that shows up to replace Clemens, this is now red flag number nine. He was on JFK's private security team just two years earlier. Fabulous. Oh, now he's got private security. And by the time other investigators arrived, so he was there by himself. So with the witnesses and the crime scene, by the time other investigators arrived, the three key witnesses had changed their stories. All three of them. Oh, okay. That's great. So now the story is that Murray woke up at 3.30 a.m. Dr. Greenson got a call at 3.35 and Dr. Engelberg didn't arrive until 3.50 a.m., which takes care of the four-hour gap between calling the police. Now it's about a half an hour. And there's a glass of water photographed on the nightstand. Oh, okay. Are you kidding me? So fucking stupid. This makes me mad. So neighbors also reported seeing an ambulance and police cars outside of her home at 1030 p.m. Why would uh, you need an ambulance or police cars there if her body is not discovered until midnight? Yeah, what the hell? What the hell's up with that? Neighbors also report seeing Bobby Kennedy there that night oh he he denied being there at all yeah even though marilyn told her friend that he was there earlier that day fucking a she told the hairdresser that's what she told Mm -hmm. you're not lying to your hairdresser i'm telling you that right now no he was there so that dirty little rat in the autopsy there were no visible needle marks but there was evidence of the uh barbiturates in her intestines, suggesting that it could have been administered via enema. Ooh. And how her blood had pooled, like, in her body. I, they were talking about it, how it, like, your blood, like, pools or it, like, 
almost like bruises kind of i think they were saying yeah um when you die and it normally it's just the bottom side of your body they were saying it was on both sides of her body what the fuck so they were like like flip-flopping her around like she died on her back and laid like that for a while and then when they put her in bed if someone put her in bed they put her face down so like the blood had time to move that makes sense okay yeah Mm. also who the fuck is giving her this enema i don't like that i don't like knowing then that's what they probably well the week before when they all when frank sinatra and then blackmailed her um one of the sources that i listened to um said that pretty much they drugged her and assaulted her and took pictures of all of it and it was supposed to be one guy said it was blackmail or what one guy said it was supposed to be an orgy but it she was drugged like it like that's uh, not an orgy no (laughs) yeah so i don't know that she knew that's what she was going there for what the fuck yeah so um there was that you know what that's the mafia guys too so like whatever this is just fucking fucked up Mm -hmm. and then you know what they didn't find there um and where she died anywhere there uh the, the pill bottles the journal Oh. Okay. Well, isn't that just convenient? Mm-hmm. Fucking A, dude. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because this is whatever. And that just I makes was, me mad. I was reading or not reading. I heard another um source say that uh her none of her organs got tested for anything the only thing that actually got tested was her blood and her liver her stomach never really got checked and none of her other organs did either but i guess they would have had to do something to know that there wasn't pills in her stomach yeah i'm got well she had to have gotten an autopsy right yeah she did but it's not like they sent those organs away for additional testing testing. yeah Yeah. well and i'm sure if the government was involved and and there was all that other stuff Mm -hmm. like they were probably yeah because there was stuff like missing from the morgue files yeah that makes sense yikes yep that's a big yikey so i know what i think my theory is but there's also a um there's a theory that her Dr. Greenson and Dr. Angleson didn't realize that they had both prescribed her with each a lethal dose of barbiturates. So it could have been accidental. And then they were trying to cover up that they both prescribed that like in the same day and didn't realize it. So that's a possibility. I'm I don't know. The weird why. thing is, like, if she got an enema, like, that's not an accident. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't know. Well, it's we so don't weird. know that for sure, but like, there's no needle marks and there's no pills in her stomach. So, like, that's... it had to get there somewhere. Uh, that's the part that's fucking me up. It's like, how did it get in there? Yeah. 
I mean, it probably gets in your system faster. So I wonder, like, if she truly did it, that was her intent. She would have had to have administered it. There was nothing there to administer that. Oh, yeah. I don't, I I don't know. I don't know enough about enemas either to know, like, how the heck that's getting in there. Uh, and enemas where you put something in your butt. Yeah, I know that, but, like, I don't know how, I don't know what's used for that. Let's just put it that way. Oh, Especially uh, yeah. to get, like, pills and stuff. Like, I don't know. Well, I feel like it's not pills then. It's like, I feel like it has to be liquid. Didn't you say they found pills in her? No, no, no. They found the substance, like barbiturates, not oh, not a pill form. Yeah. Her intestines. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then the other one would be uh well, obviously there's obvious like it was intentional. Or um, there's the theory that it was a cover-up for na- um, because she had threatened national security by yeah. threatening to go to the press and have a press conference about the items in her journal. Yeah, and I could see that, to be honest. Like, that, I believe. Yeah, that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that... Honestly, I'd have to hear a lot of other stuff to probably be convinced otherwise. Like, most conspiracy theories, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, I can see it, but I'm not sold on it. This one, I'm like, knowing all the stuff that she had to do with Bobby and JFK, I don't know that you could not. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Like, there's no fucking way, especially when her, with the journal being missing and mm-hmm. like that being, how did they know she had the journal? You might not have that, but like, well, she they, she took oh, notes in it all the time. Like, they saw her right in there all the time. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, like the didn't the nurse or something find it too or something? I don't know. Mm. I can't remember. Maybe I made that up, but well, she found her ex-husband's diary journal thing oh maybe that's what i was thinking of i don't know yes i can definitely see and i i go back to like that hairdresser too like and two people said she was scared when they talked to her yeah that's so scary Mm -hmm. not good no so i do have some some lighter hearted the first one's not really lighthearted, but i have some other facts about her okay um so in the netflix documentary um they talk about how she wanted kids really really badly although she never did have kids um but that documentary did state that she was pregnant at least three times which is also very sad oh my god so I wonder how much that had played a part in her. Yeah, I'm sure. Because they were saying in that documentary that she still would have left Hollywood to have kids. Like, she didn't want anything else. So do we know, like, did people, like, make her get rid of? I don't think so, no. I think it was miscarriages. Oh, my God, that's so sad. hmm Because, mm. like, originally when she was, like, growing up, 
like once she started bouncing around like foster homes and stuff she really wanted to be like known as beautiful like she wanted people to look at her and like think of her as beautiful Mm -hmm. and then as an adult when she was actually famous she was like "Mm, I like it but like yeah I'd rather have kids yeah Mm. um and she was still like a shy person outside of that she just knew how to act yeah I guess she wanted so goes to show yeah um these two are lighter hearted so in their first runs Monroe's 23 movies grossed a total of more than 200 million dollars and she was more famous than any other success or successful entertainer at the time honestly that's a lot of movies for like that short amount of time that she was that's a lot of money too yeah holy fuck people really liked her yeah um and then she did experience a scandal early on in her career when she did that nude photo shoot. But like I said, this made her more famous than she was before. And because of this, she became the first centerfold in the very first issue of Playboy. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I feel like that's something that like you would know, but I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but that also just says like, from that point moving forward, she's probably so like sexualized to a well, point. Well, everything where... about her, she is yeah. seen as America's like sex symbol. Even like now, I feel like yeah. Even what you know about her, like like yeah. what did I say earlier? I was like, I don't know anything about her. I just know her as the dumb blonde. Yeah, like, that's so bad. <laughs> that's sad that that's like the legacy. But like that... that's that's what she is. She's America's sex symbol. Yeah. Mm. Just kind of goes to show like what happens right mm-hmm. behind closed doors and even like I don't know just wild. It is. It's crazy. I didn't realize she had struggled with mental health so much. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense, especially in that. Yeah. With her family and being in that setting, but um, like I didn't realize she tried to commit suicide so many times. Yeah, and mm. I didn't realize like. I knew she, like, I had written, uh, written, holy loving. (laughs) I, (laughs) I had read (laughs) the (laughs) Evelyn Hugo, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I knew that it's like very, very loosely based on her. I didn't realize how many affairs she had. Yeah. Honestly, though. So now I can, I understand, like, there was a couple points where I was like, oh yeah, that does kind of remind me of that. It's wow. just unreal. Yeah, well, I guess it's probably like the one thing she could maybe control a little bit in a in yeah, a different way. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Sad either way. Fucking that's really the whole thing is just sad. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm on the 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 Bobby Kennedy was there. Mm-hmm. He took the journal and I don't know how they did the anima thing, if they did the anima thing, but that's going to bother me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be a closed case. Like, there's no questions about it. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah. so weird, yeah. Well... And we're just supposed to say, yep, that's what happened. Yeah, it's literally just like JFK, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. what happened. And crazy. It's such a weird time, I feel like. I mean, I'm sure it's 
I don't know. That's just a lot to happen within like a decade yeah. even. So, well. I know. I feel like so much of that was like in the 50s into the 60s. Yeah, like... they were just like, well, I don't kill him. I don't know. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> oh my Sad. God. Sad. But yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, on that somber, sad note, I would say follow us <laughs> on oh my god. Such a good transition. <laughs> what a plug. Yeah, everybody's like, all right, we're done with this. Um, but no, follow us on um spill the milk podcast on Facebook and spill the milk underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, I do believe our email address is podcast.spillthemilk at gmail.com. If mm. you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover or um, you know that we screwed something up, <laughs> you have to you have to be the one to tell us. Please go do. ahead and send us an email. And we'll we'll correct ourselves like we promised. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how stupid it's going to make us sound. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> oh god deny 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 yeah i never said that (laughs) (laughs) uh anyways i think that deserves a goodbye